All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to the Combat Athlete Science Podcast. All right, like I almost said the old one. I know. Right? I know. You saw what you saw, I right? Did, you saw my lips starting to go. Um, hey, guys, welcome back. Um, it, you won't know this, but it's been like two weeks since Trent and I have been able to sit down together um, and, and get some podcasting in. Uh, his schedule's crazy busy, and then uh, um, we're all busy. Yeah, I was gonna say I was out in, in California yeah. for the for the worlds, um, and um, and then came home and got sick and, yeah. and, and had an ear infection. So whatever, um, you know, we're here. Uh, you know, we're we're excited. We were just talking about this. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Preston. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, Preston's our man behind the scenes, man. Uh, it, he his video work right now on, on, on these little snap things, man, are just, uh, they're pretty darn cool. Yeah. If you haven't seen our Instagram, you know, it's, it's worth going to see some of the videos that he's been doing on there. They're pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Did the one on the firefighters and, and he's taking little clips from what you and I say, and then puts it to video and it looks pretty awesome. It's pretty darn cool. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> I was like, Oh man, I'm so glad he's around. Yeah. Right. Um, makes it look professional. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and guys like, uh, we're, we're none, none of us are getting paid for this. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine how much time he spent on video editing. So we probably should take care of him. But, uh, anyways, uh, Preston, man, we love you. Appreciate all, all, all that you do for us. Um, well, dog, you know, uh, we obviously, uh, he got here about 40 minutes ago and right. we just started the podcast. Why? Because yeah. we haven't seen each other in two weeks. So we had to catch up. Well, with and two, I mean, we're catching up on a lot of things related to jujitsu. It's, it's obviously a passion for us both. Yeah. And all the that would probably would have been it. a good podcast yeah. what we were just talking yeah. about, but yeah, we'll, we'll maybe get in there later. Um, you know, obviously anytime doc's gone, uh, he's out there and, uh, doing his thing. And, uh, you know, what like, just catch me up really quick on sure. the last two weeks. I mean, I think you were gone both weeks, right? <clears throat> yeah. I was at, uh, it's called the Metro fire chiefs conference, which is, uh, all the largest municipalities, um, the fire departments and their chiefs. So we were out there meeting with them about the things that we do on the injury prevention side for fire departments. And week before that was out doing some assessments. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, um, I, you know, we kind of talked about like, Hey, what are we going to talk about on, uh, on this podcast? I want to talk about dehydration. Yeah. Especially it, it you know, it, it's summertime. It's starting to kick up. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously you, you talk about this quite a bit, mm. um, as far as dehydration goes, but, uh, you know, right before we just, uh, we did the veterans on veterans day, we did the, um, we defy rock and run. Yeah. Right. Uh, and obviously, you know, we, we were expecting a, a pretty, uh, hot day. It wasn't, which was nice. Yeah. Um, you know, we did, I think we did three and a half miles, um, on the, on the rock and then about, uh, an hour and 45 minutes of rolling, uh, you know, and, um, 100%, I guarantee everyone was dehydrated sure. after that, but we Absolutely. did, I will tell you this though. We did finish up with an ice bath. I saw. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that, that, that was kind of cool. Was um, like, yeah. Hey, you know, and I say this like we <laughs> defy man, uh, I think they raised over a hundred and twenty thousand dollars 
uh, over Veterans Day uh, weekend. So all man, all you guys that are, that are listening to us and and you know about We Defy, you understand how important We Defy is. Uh, we're big supporters of We Defy. Yeah. Um, you know, one hundred twenty thousand dollars in one weekend. I guess it's their biggest fundraiser yeah. of the year, as it should be. Yeah. Right. Um, you know. I would strongly encourage people yeah. that don't know about We Defy to go check it out. Go check it out. Like it's yeah. a great organization. I've been um, blessed to have some conversations with them recently about some research and, you know, just, um, you know, what what they're doing, you know, the the sponsorships they have for athletes coming into jujitsu and um, what it's doing for people, you know, yeah. from a from a mental health perspective. Um, from a fitness perspective and, you know, finding your, your, your troop, you talked about troop, finding your troop. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty, pretty, uh, impressive organization. No. So, uh, you know, I, I go with this, like, man, uh, you know, we all, all of us that do jujitsu, you know, obviously I'm a veteran, but we, we all have friends that are veterans, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that aren't in the jujitsu circle, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, yeah, we got our jujitsu buddies, but we all, we all have buddies outside of jujitsu. I know some people don't think we do that. We, we, this is it, but no, we all have friends outside of jujitsu. Um, uh, you got a veteran in there, man. So if you know a veteran that's like struggling a little bit and you know how much jujitsu's changed your life, dude, invite them to a class at your gym, you know, let them see the benefits of jujitsu uh, for you mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. hundred uh, percent. You know, so, you know, like, don't be greedy. Don't hide it, man. We, we all know a brother or sister that uh, honestly can use jujitsu, man, to, to help get through some hard times. I said, man, jujitsu has got me through a lot of hard times. Yeah. Um, you know, and same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and put me through some hard times too. But, yeah. uh, you know, so anyways, getting back to, to that, obviously I wanted to give a, we defy a shout out, uh, you know, like the, there were two really hard things, uh, that we did, you know, a, a rock and, and then yeah. a roll, like, you know, rolling by itself it, for an hour and 45 minutes. That's rough. Yeah. And you throw in a, you know, a, a three mile huck and ruck huck. What the heck is that? Uh, a three mile rock and, uh, with weight. You know, like most everyone had a backpack or a weighted vest on. So just wasn't like a, you know, just a, a leisurely walk. Sure. Um, you know, I know that dehydration w was going to be a, a key role in there. Um, you know, and we've kind of harped on that quite a bit lately. And then obviously, uh, you know, summertime, it's easy yeah. to get into the hustle and bustle of life and forget to drink. And especially in the South, uh, you know, heat strokes are a real thing mm -hmm. and heat strokes can kill you. Yep. So, you know, Doc, there, let's talk about it. Well, there, and there's, um, there's so many things that dehydration affects, you know, not only, um, you know, just the, how you feel, but how you think, mm -hmm. um, your thought processes, it can add to having migraines, um, it can add to increased risk for injury, um, you know, cramping, like there's just a slew of things that happen, you know, and when you look at the human body and how the human body functions, you know, majority of our tissues and, and internal processes are water-based, Yeah. you know, 85% water, you know, and so, um, you know, what I always tell people with hydration is the human body is nothing but a bunch of walking chemical reactions. Yeah. 
And um, the, the equilibrium of those chemical reactions is very much dependent upon the pH um, and your internal pH and simple changes of 0.01 in a pH can have dramatic impacts on the, the rate at which chemical reactions take place. And if chemical reactions are slowed in your body, what that simply means is that you repair slower. Yeah. Processes happen slower. You skip a heartbeat. I mean, all of those things are affected simply by your pH. And the number one thing to help to maintain equilibrium of your pH is water. So what happens is that when you take water into your body and your pH is low, so you're more of an acidic type of, yeah. of pH, what happens is that you know hydro- water is H2O. What happens is one hydrogen is cleaved off, so you have yeah. H and an OH, and that a positive hydrogen ion is what helps to somewhat neutralize or bring up the pH. So by hydrating yourself, what you're essentially doing is helping to neutralize that pH or bring that back to more of an equilibrium at which the equilibrium of the pH is absolutely essential for chemical reactions to take place. So, you know, know, while you're, you're talking about that, uh, it brings me back to the, the whole uh, Keegan system that, you know, that, that, that they sell to help, uh, you know, as a water filtration for mm-hmm. you, for your water. Um, and those, those machines are super expensive. Yeah. Um, but then I, it, and, it, and I understand the benefits of it. Sure. Like, uh, but I want to ask you this and you may not even know the answer. Uh, you know, obviously you can go to a store right now and you're going to buy a bottled water that yeah. has, you know, the, the pH level is up higher on it. But yeah. what I've heard is that if you don't get it right as it's being done, yeah. that the pH level is not that. And yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, you know, there. to be honest with you, there's not a lot of really good research on the pH-based waters. Okay. You know, um, what I will tell you is um, it is better to get filtered water um, because, you know, uh, here in the U.S., we have so much, uh, so many chemicals in our water. Um, if you actually knew uh, all of the chemicals in your water, you probably would not drink it. Um, and so, you know, like we, at my house, we do a reverse osmosis, uh, on our water, um, which takes a lot of that out, filters a lot of that out. And especially, uh, for someone like myself, you know, I drink a gallon of water a day. It is my primary source of intake. Yeah. I don't drink I don't drink Coke. I don't drink tea. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink anything typically other than water. And so, um, knowing that I want it clean because, because whatever that primary source is that you're taking into your body, if it's, if it's got dirt in it, you're going to have dirt on the inside. And so if you've got something that's got a lot of calcium or it's got, you know, a lot of byproducts, um, that's not good. So for me, what I always tell people is that if you can get some filtered water, you know, some reverse osmosis, um, you don't have to go to these real expensive, you know, pH balanced waters. No. Um, I you don't. know, when I do travel, I do have certain, um, 
I have certain waters that I do uh, tend to go towards. Yeah. Smart water. I go to smart water, number one, because it's reverse osmosis and it tastes better. The other thing is, too, is that, you know, when water is stored in a plastic container, like anybody who knows me knows that I carry around a plastic uh, container, um, be it it's BHP free. Yeah. So if you're drinking your water and it tastes like plastic, <laughs> it's got plastic in it. So what I'm looking for is, is when I'm drinking water is usually I'm looking for water bottles and I'm looking for water sources that are, cause I have to travel a lot. And I'll tell you one of the things that happens to me, <clears throat> especially with travel. So if you're traveling for competition, you've really got to keep up on your hydration. When yeah. you fly, it dehydrates you. When you have a change in pressure, it dehydrates you. You will have a bigger need for hydration when you travel. Um, part of that is, is the travel itself. Uh, flying on a uh, flight, especially, yep. um, but also that time changes and things like that really just affect your body. Like so always, yeah, it's like anytime you travel, it's like, you're going to retain a little bit. Yeah. Um, legs are going to be heavy. I mean, yep. like, and obviously dehydration is going to be kind of key. I was, right. yeah, I'm the same way, doc. Like uh, even here in Spring Hill, man, I, you know, obviously I have the luxury. Um, and I say that of like, you know, I did not buy a, a $8,000 Kega machine. Right. Um, even though it looks super cool and, yeah. and I'm notorious for buying expensive gadgets. That look um, cool. Yeah. That look cool. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to it. Uh, you know, so obviously we have the picture and what the, you know, yeah. it gets filtered through. Um, and I'm really big with that with the kids. And obviously when we travel, uh, first thing I do is, is hit like a, a whole foods or Trader yeah. Joe's and, yeah. and, 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 you know, grab, uh, spring water yeah. and that's loaded up. I'm going to be honest with you. We were just in California. I'm not drinking California yeah. tap water. hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, and, and I hate to say this, but you know, uh, I was in, uh, Michigan during the Flint water crisis Oof. and you know, it, it really made me change my perspective on, you know, where I'm getting my water. I very rarely, when I travel, take water as a water source out of, uh, out of the sink. Um, just because, you know, it's not, it's not like when I grew up, you know, I, I, I was born in the sixties, you know, seventies and eighties. It was okay to take water out of a hose. Um, today it's just very different. I mean, there's, you know, where the water sources are coming from, you know, the chemicals in the ground that's filtering into that water source, et cetera. So all of that being said, you know, I try to go for, for a more clean source of water. Yeah. Um, and two, you know, if you are drinking water on a regular basis, um, is considering the, um, the type of container that that water is in. Um, you'll notice like I, I use a metal cup or a glass cup. Um, my plastic container is BHP free. Um, you know, I try to try to go towards those things. Um, and again, if you're, if you're drinking your water and it tastes like plastic, there's, there's yeah. something to that. So, yeah, you know, like when we're talking about like, obviously, you know, water, I was talking, it's like, yeah, like, um, obviously spring water is good yep. uh, or the best I yeah. would imagine. And then, yeah. you know, and then we're popping into, uh, a filter type of water. Yeah. Um, and then obviously if taps your only option, like, you yeah. know, and I say that, man, I, I mean, we, you and I both drank truly out of water hoses when yeah. we were younger, yeah. but I, 100%. but I do feel like. I don't know if there was as much chemicals in the water as there no, is today. There's not. So, 
um, you know, obviously, you know, and, and I go back with this, like, you would think because most guys do jujitsu that they would be fully hydrated and listen, well, I tell you, notorious for being dehydrated. Yeah. It, like, and I'm sitting right here, man. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm sitting on the throne and mm -hmm. I've never had dehydration issues. I actually have, um, you know, but I will tell you, man, like for me and you know me, like you and I have the same schedules, yep. hundred miles an hour. If I don't actively have a water bottle in my hand, I will forget to drink. Amen. I'm just super busy. And so, you know, I, I've gotten a little bit more, you know, cognitive of that, you know, and aware of that, of just being like, Hey, like if I don't have water in or around me within there's an arm reach, I won't drink. I'm just 100%. going. Uh, and so there are some things that we can do to obviously mitigate that. But I, I think for the most part, man, uh, if you were to ask a school owner, I he would probably tell you that he, there's probably a, a higher percentage of individuals that are dehydrated than, 100%. than hydrated. hundred percent. You know, I, you know, I, I look at our morning class, we've got a pretty large morning yeah. class. Um, I would say there's probably three individuals that have a water bottle there, you know, of that morning class. And granted we have a water fountain, but mm -hmm. you're not hydrating enough if you're just drinking from a water fountain. So I got a water fountain there. <clears throat> And right next to it, I have a filtration yeah. water system. It still surprises pe me that people yeah. use the water fountain. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm just too lazy to disconnect it. Yeah. I probably should just yeah. disconnect it. That way, all they have is the option for filtered yeah. water. But anyway. Yeah, so that, that, that being said, it goes to your point. You know, and, and uh, what, you know, it's one of the things that I, <clears throat> when we did our injury prevention seminar, one of the things I said is as little as 1% dehydration results in a 10% decrease in athletic performance. When you, uh, and it goes down to, again, all of the chemical reactions that take place. You know, the, the body has to be in this equilibrium and in slight changes outside of that equilibrium. Yeah. Um, you greatly affect not just soft tissue repair, but you also uh, impact the ability of a muscle to produce maximal power. Listen, and, you know, and I know this, you know, if you're not hydrated and just like you said, if you're not high, if you're not hydrated and you are dehydrated, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're more likely to tear something, hurt something, yep. but it just didn't happen there. If you're continually dehydrated, you're just, your body's never recovering. And so it's right. on a, it's in a consistent chronic dehydration chronic, yeah. is, has a just as big of effect. So, you know, <clears throat> and especially as we mature, we see that our tissues get dehydrated. Your hair dries out, your skin dries out. But what people forget is that's what you physically see on the exterior. There's also interior part of the thing people always say is, you know, I lost about an inch in height. Why is that? It's because the disc in between the vertebrae and your spine are becoming dehydrated and they're starting to collapse down. You know, there are studies that show that those who are chronically dehydrated have more low back pain. Hmm. And again, all of that, it, it makes sense to me from a scientific standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, you know, and you think about like, if you take a rubber band and you stick it out in the sun for a long period of time and you gotta stretch it, it's going to break, right? Yeah. Muscles are the same way as muscles is muscles, um, are chronically dehydrated. Guess what? You're going to have flexibility issues. Well, let's just take leather. It's a skin, right? You have to hydrate leather. If you 100%. don't, it'll dry and crack. hundred like, percent. So just, you know. You know, but, but we don't think about that internally. Yeah. 
We don't think about that internally. And what I see is that what I see for mature uh, athletes who are chronically dehydrated, those are the folks who tend to have much tighter hamstrings. They tend to not only have much tighter hamstrings, but they tend to have also low back issues as a result of that because their hamstrings are super tight because they don't have the elasticity that they would normally have in a hydrated state and their elasticity of their lower lumbar musculature is not quite there. And so all of those things add up to an increased risk for injury, especially for the mature athlete as, as we continue on in jujitsu. So, you know, I, I, I go here um, because I see this a lot at, at tournaments and obviously I've, I've been notorious for being that guy too, right? Um, but like you at tournaments, man, like you're going to have some serious injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. it just everything's right. heightened, right? right. Like, it's like if you come out of a, a jiu-jitsu tournament um, as, a, as, a, as a coordinator of, of a jiu-jitsu tournament and you don't have like uh some injuries in there oh, like i don't know what's going on like you know it's just you're at a heightened state man sure. you're, you're fighting a little bit different adrenal dumps going you're squeezing a little bit more so then you take that on top of that right like you're you're, you're fighting like you would never fight before or, or grapple like you would never grapple before because i know when i have some guys like jujitsu's not fighting so we'll just go with grappling sure all right um you know you're doing things that it's such an strenuous state that really you can't mimic that in training mm-hmm. and now if you're dehydrated on top of that going into that competition 100 percent, dude you, like it's a recipe for a disaster and so this is when like my students um like you know every once in a while like you're gonna show up to a tournament and you're just gonna be a little overweight right. i get it that is a different type of weight cut yeah right you're hydrated you're just cutting maybe two or three pounds the day of the tournament but I've seen guys come in there looking like Skeletor that have been, you know, cutting weight for the last week. You know, it, it, some do it right, some do it wrong, right? right? Uh, um, you know, but the ones that do it wrong, you can tell. Right. Like, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I'm barely drinking any water. I'm like, what? what? Right. Um, bro, that's not good. Here's the deal. You know, and I get it. MMA world and let's say a, a jiu-jitsu world, they're a little bit different. MMA fighters are fully hydrated during their camp, right? Yeah. Those guys are not like, they're not cutting water load to cut weight. Yeah. They're changing up their diet, you know, cardio calories burned out or a little bit different. And at the end they'll do a, a, you know, most of them will do it, you know, 10, 15 pound water cut. Yep. And it is dramatic. And you know, there's, there's always theory behind whether it's healthy or not. They do that before they do that. uh, uh, They have time. Yep. Between weighing in there you and go. the time that they go into the cage. So in jiu-jitsu, like you're right there. You're right there. You're, so you're weighing in as you're going onto the mat. And that's, 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 that, but it that's is. a problem. So it, well, that's it is the, part of the problem. Yeah. It's part of the problem. It's like you have jujitsu guys that, that are either taking weight cutting from a MMA fighter that's never had to weigh in the same day. Right. Right. And, and, and you know, it's like, um, but even then, like when I say that, they're not listening to all the weight cutting. They, they heard something along the lines of like, I'm just going to starve myself for right. the last, you know, week, week and a half of my training. Um, you know, and again, like you say, MMA, I weigh in, I've got 24 hours to rehydrate. And yep. then there's real hydration going on there. Yep. Like 
at the professional level, not a guy going back in drinking a gallon of water right. with some electrolytes. There's right. IVs. There's there are IVs yes. and yeah. yeah. There's all that stuff yeah. that's kind of necessary in order for you to be able to go and fight at your right. best. The right. UFC, right. whatever organization wants you at their best, and then obviously at the highest level, you're getting a little bit more. You know, amateur shows. Well, you're doing your own rehydration, and so that, if you that's don't do something it, actually I want to come back to is okay. the whole IV thing because that's the, I'm I'm seeing amazing results with that. That I still remember though, like in the world, <clears throat> if they found out you got IVs during you know after your weigh-ins or MMA fight, it was kind of like illegal. Like oh really? Yeah, it was. Yeah. A, but that's way back in sure, the day, right? Sure. Um, but you know, and I go with this, like I see guys like um, you can tell you can tell the guy that's like a couple of pounds overweight and just was like. Yeah, I can cut that pretty quick, right. right? Still not the best because now you're concentrated on cutting sure. weight and not the mindset. So I always tell guys like, you shouldn't be showing up overweight. I've already, I did. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I live in, I live in this really big glass house sometimes, sure. um, you know? And so, um, but I tell guys like, for the most part, man, like you're going to weigh in and if you're lucky, your opponent is late you might get 35, 40 minutes in the bullpen at the longest. And I say that, man, I know guys that have been in the bullpen for an hour waiting for their opponent to show up, but that's still not enough time. If you're fully dehydrated, right. To rehydrate and be able to perform at your best. Right. And most times it's what, five to 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, before you have to go on the mat and, 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 you know, think about the times when you're like really dehydrated, you're a little jittery. Yeah. Don't quite feel really good. You're not, you're not, you're mentally not processing uh, as quickly as you should. You're um, not mentally at your best because you're 100%. so worried about all the factors now. Like, man, I haven't eaten since last night. Right. I haven't eaten in two days. Like, I don't have any energy. Like, you are not me- like. Let's just let's just knock out the the physical portion of it. Right. Mentally, you're a walking shit show. Right. There's right. absolutely no way that you are going to perform mentally. At your best after having to be panicking for the last three days on trying to make your weight. Right. Throw on top of that, you're cramping. Cramping. Holy shit. Like, like my, my, my quads are cramping up. My hamstrings are cramping up. Like, and then we're surprised when we see a tear. Yeah. Right. But the tear didn't happen that day. The tear happened since you've been getting ready for this competition and probably before, because you've probably spent the year, your entire training camp. If you had one dehydrated. Right. Right. There's no way that you were all of a sudden hydrated and then did this really crappy weight cut three days before. Right. So it's like, no, the injuries just didn't happen. The injury's just been waiting for its final moment, which was, again, me fighting at a pace that I normally would never fight at, right? Like when I'm training and when I'm and when I'm grappling in a tournament, the intensity is a little sure. bit different. Even yep. if I'm training hardier, yep. it's still not like I'm trying to like hurt you. Right tight like i save that for my opponent and i yeah. mean hurt like right like not like i'm trying to break you but like listen you you don't have the the resist or you don't have the pullback uh, yes on yeah like, it's a barrier like, like yeah. you, we all have barriers like you'll go with your partner and you'll be like "Ooh, you okay yeah you doing good competition you don't do that yeah. you just keep going yeah so it's just like um you know and I think, you know, if you're, you're coming into jujitsu, number one, a lot of people coming in into the sport right now, um, either a, uh, you know, it's been a while since they've been an athlete. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're coming in with some bad habits already. Yep. 
you know, which means, you know, like maybe I was a little overweight, yeah. which means if I was overweight, I probably wasn't hydrating my body, you know? So again, we, we want to buy the coolest gi and, and train the biggest time. But it, again, we go back to some of these, these factors Basics. in order for me to be able to do that. You have to have foundation. The foundation has to be set 100%, in play. 100%. Right? And the foundation is just not your fundamentals class. It's 100%. fundamentals in drinking water, yep. fundamentals on food timing, food you're eating, you know, books you know, you're reading. There's, there's a funny thing. Uh, so the injury prevention program that we did for, um, for our school, um, there's a reason that the exercises are all at the end. <laughs> Yeah. The front of it was all about nutrition and hydration and the importance of doing that and, and how that, how much, because it is that big of a difference, you know, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the IV piece of it, um, is, um, what I am seeing from an IV therapy perspective, cause we're doing stuff now preoperatively and postoperatively with IV therapy and, it is to me the the um, the piece that we have missed in the medical profession of addressing prior to surgery and and just post surgery. Yeah. If if you if you address both the IV and the nutrition two weeks before surgery, and at least three weeks after surgery, it will drastically change. We've already seen this. Yeah. With. Um... Chris Matthews. Yep, yep, absolutely. So one of our, our brown belts at the gym, Chris, had an ACL yep. tear, right? Um, I, I say her name. No one, yeah. no one outside of our gym knows right. her last name. <laughs> All right. Um, I probably should have asked that, but she won't <laughs> care, man. Uh, anyways, you did a protocol with her yeah. prior, right? Yeah. And she, she talked to me about that. She's like, listen, my protocol was IV therapy before. Yep. You know, and then IV therapy she's after a beast. On, on top of everything. Yeah. Listen, and she's right on track to be like, I feel like she's on track to be, she's, she's way ahead of track. Yeah. It's like she, <laughs> I feel like she's on track to be like where I was and where you were yeah. like, you know, like hundred percent. We, we weren't nine to 12 months. No, you know, hundred percent. hundred percent. I was five and a half before I was yeah. on the mat competing in yeah. a tournament. Probably not the smartest. Yeah. However, but I felt Made me nervous. Enough. <laughs> but but I felt strong enough. Right. I truly did. And right. I and, and then, but here's the deal. Here's the difference between me making that decision now and me probably making that decision when I was in my twenties. Yeah. So if I had made that decision in my twenties, I probably would have been like, nope, fixed, gonna run it. Yeah. You know, and probably wouldn't have you know, if something had went bad, I probably would have just been like, No, I'm just gonna run through it. Sure. But when I made this decision, like that was what that was two years ago. So I was forty-eight. Yeah, it's not like I was spring chicken, right? But I was smart with it. I was like, yeah. "Yo, listen, man, if it gets tweaked in any way, I'm out." And it didn't, right? Yep. And so I was able to perform through. But in my head, there was no like I was like, "Hey, listen, if it gets to a point where, you know, I'm trying to fight through something stupid and it's yeah. gonna blow my knee out again, I'm out. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. I could go and just tap out. Um, but yeah, I do feel like. You know, you got to be smart when you're coming back from, from injuries in your first competition back. Yeah. I think that you have to have some realistic expectations and we will talk about that yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but I think like when you're talking about that, the IV therapy with Chris, man, she's right there, dude. Yeah. It's it. I, I'm watching her every day. I'm like, dude, you don't even <laughs> look like you're an ACL. Well, and she, she, uh, she was telling me that she was at five weeks post-op 
and uh, she went camping. Um, and then the next week she went to Disney World and walked around and all this stuff. And she said, other than having uh, the scar, I wouldn't know I had an ACL reconstruction. I think we probably should lay some foundation to who Chris is. But so people she's don't a think. Beast. So I listen, keep saying that. She's yeah. a beast. Uh, you keep saying that. I can throw yeah. this out there. Listen, uh, you know, brown belt in jujitsu. Yep. You know, uh was in the air force yep. um, and did some pretty cool stuff in the air force. Yep. Uh, you know, she's a say? nurse. She's a nurse. It was an ER. Very for good. F yeah. Very, very good. good. Nurse. And so it's like, listen, she's the outlier. Yeah. But again, if you she just, she is an outlier, if you I'd put like to the, make that clear, yeah, she is an outlier. Yeah. But I, to say that, if you just follow the things that she's doing, you're still going to put yourself 100%. ahead of the person that just does the basic 100%. PT, right? hundred percent. You know, and, and so, um, going back to the hydration piece, yeah. you know, um, people always ask me, how do you know you're hydrated? Number one way of telling is the, um, in the absence of asparagus and the absence of vitamin packs, it's the color and the odor of your urine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, for anybody who's listening to this, who's not seen the P chart, simply Google, uh, P chart. Um, if you Google the P chart, that's actually a research based P chart, um, it has numbers on it one through eight. Um, and if you fall below three, you're clinically dehydrated. Studies show that over, uh, 80% of Americans are clinically dehydrated, um, which simply means that their P is four or below. And the interesting thing is, is that once you fall to five and six, You've increased your risk for injury um, by threefold. Well, okay. when you start getting to six, number six on that P chart, which is a pretty dark, dark-ish color, um, you're not only uh, significantly increasing your risk for injury, um, but you also start having systemic effects. Okay, you know, um, you start, you know, putting yourself at at uh, a greater risk for kidney stones and things like that. Um, which, you know, is mature athletes. Those are things that we always struggle with. You know, the other, the other problem with that is that, you know, uh, caffeine is such a staple of the American drinking process. You know, the, the recommended daily dose of caffeine is 420 milligrams per day. The average American gets around 16 to 1800 milligrams of caffeine a day. So for every, I think that's uh, on the low side. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, and, and the interesting part of that is, is that for every milligram over of caffeine that you get, you should have an extra ounce of water. So I will tell you this on that note right there on coffee. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I am always consistently trying to better myself, like, mm -hmm. you know, and so, uh, books is, is my go-to. And uh, I, you know, I read Aubrey Marcus's uh, who's the owner of on it yeah. own the day own your life. And again, if you, if, if you've never read that book, you need to read the book. Um, it, it's an eye opener into basic nutrition and how important yeah. vitamins are. Yeah. But you know, he, he brings up in, in the book, like, you know, when you get up in the morning, the average person is going to reach for a cup of coffee as yep. their first drink yep. after you've slept six to eight after hours you've dehydrated yourself after you've dehydrated yourself you're gonna dehydrate yourself more. even more and so <laughs> it's you a know, diuretic and so he does this his little elixir thing which was like room temperature filtered water preferred spring water yep 
um, with like a, a half of a lemon yep. squeezed in and Himalayan salt. Yep. And that you drink that's that. That's funny. That's the same thing my wife drinks. So I've been doing it. Yeah. Right. And yep. I can tell you, because here's the deal. This was my routine. Get up, make a cup of coffee, get in the car. Like I've, the, the most water I put in my mouth was to brush my teeth. Yep. In before I left. Yep. I take an hour and 45 minute drive from here to, to Fort Campbell. Drinking which, coffee. Drinking coffee and then roll. <laughs> yep. Right. And I was like, by, by like one or two in the afternoon, I'm just like, yo, I am freaking done. I need more right? coffee. Yeah. I need more <laughs> coffee. And so, you know, after reading the, the, the book, now it's like, I don't even actually have my coffee until probably around 12 yeah. or one in the afternoon. Yeah. Now, when I get up, that's my drink that I mix because I'm driving an hour 45. I, you know, I, I do a pretty big size amount of it. I can tell you that my training sessions have gotten better. Yeah. Uh, my lethargicness driving yeah. back from Fort Campbell after training back to my gym is almost null and void, man. There were times where I was like struggling to stay sure. awake. Yeah. Obviously I'm fighting. Like literally I, I set myself up for failure because I was dehydrated. Yeah. I, I probably would start drinking water right after training. Sure. So again, I've, I've added that key into there. And so, uh, and, and it's made a huge difference. Like sure. truly even mentally. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I, I encourage anyone that hasn't read that book, number yeah. one, to read it. And I encourage you if you're a, as soon as I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is reach for a cup of coffee person. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Do, do this little thing. It, it, yeah. It's, I don't know the, all the science behind sure. it. Um, I, I get need it. to look more into that because my, my wife is, is super big on that. Um, she actually heats her water up, puts a little Himalayan yeah. uh, salt in there. She does uh, lime and then cayenne pepper. Ever cayenne is really good. Yeah, is also uh, a good part of that. And th and there's something to that. You know, um, the original research that I read, because um, I'm always trying to, um, part of it is just my personality. I'm always trying to speed up my metabolism. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, cold water actually helps to speed up your metabolism because your body has to warm it up, warm it up. And so you actually burn energy, um, by warming that up. So, um, I've always had, but I, you shouldn't uh, drink cold water while you're training. No, it should be so, room temperature. So water. the water I typically drink when I train is in my jug. So it's room temperature. Room temperature. Um, I think that's a huge mistake for guys that go to yeah. the water fountain because the water fountain's cold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that can have some negative effects to it. You know, um, when I, when I get up in the morning, um, I actually, you know, and this is a good thing for, um, for our athletes as well. The first thing that I do is I do a, uh, a protein shake, but I do it with water. So I do a, a protein powder and I mix it with uh, room temperature water. And the reason that I do that is, um, I, I typically get up at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I do my insane. I know. Okay. But anyways, it's a I'm part sorry. Of my personality. So yeah, I, I, dude, I, I get, get up at three o'clock in the morning. I have my protein shake. Um, I head to the gym. Um, and I'm usually in the gym by about three forty. Um, so I've had about 40 minutes to process that. The problem with most people, what most people don't realize is that as soon as you start to exercise, um, the blood flow to your gut is reduced by about 70, 75%. And so if you take a protein 
that has uh, a milk base to it or has a sugar base to it, um, it will actually take longer to process in your gut. Mm. And so uh, what happens is that if you drink that and then you go to the gym and you start to work out, the blood flow is immediately reduced to your gut. That's what causes people to get bloated and burpy and gassy when they're working out. So you see people in the gym all the time and they're drinking their protein shake as they're working out. And I'm like, that's completely useless because you're just you're just wasting the protein. Bro, and, but I'm swole. Yeah, and I'm sorry, and I'm yeah, they're swollen the belly, right? Because they <laughs> they got all that gas, and they're and they're walking around, they're farting and they're burping, and and they don't know why. Um, and a part of that has to do with this because that's sitting in your gut. So part of you know part of uh, based on again on the science is that if you take that first the first your first uh, protein load should be first thing in the morning because you're coming off this catabolic state where your body's breaking down tissue. Okay. So the first, the, I take my largest protein load for very first thing in the morning. Okay. Because that's where your body. And so you're needs, doing it with water and so I'm doing that, it with water so, so, so that it processes. Water. Yep. And so that it processes quicker, um, than if I were to do it with a milk base or, uh, something else that had a, a sugar load to it. Yeah. I'll see people like, uh, I, and again, I don't, I don't even want to jump on that, that avenue. I've never understood why people drink protein shakes while they're working out. It's like, yeah. didn't make sense to me. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. um, you know, I'll see guys bring in water bottles, but they're full of ice while they're training. Yeah. I'm like, bro. And then, you know what? If that guy trains too hard, you know what happens? Get sick. Get sick and yeah. he's thrown up in, yeah. the, in, the, in the trash can. Yeah. So I get like, uh, you know, I would say, man, if you're training jujitsu, you, you know, you should be drinking room temperature water, yeah. uh, you know, right before you're training yeah. and, and during training and while you're training. Yeah. And while uh, you're training, how about after 100% should, I, should it be cold? Cause that might, mm, you know, I, I would say give it a good 20 to 30 minutes and let your body kind of like readjust, um, and then go to the cold water. Man, I get it. I love yeah. cold water, but yeah. since I've really got on the, the room temperature kick on, yeah. on making sure that's you know, I, I, I accept room temperature yeah. water now. Yeah. More. Well, and two, you know, to me, and I don't know why, but to me, cold water actually tastes better. It does. That's yeah. why. I mean, I think yeah, that's, that's probably a yeah. pretty big thing. Yeah. Everyone thinks that. Yeah. I mean, it. and, uh, you know, for me, for the majority of the day, um, I drink cold water. The only time I don't drink cold water is when I'm working out uh, at the gym or when I'm, uh, working on in jiu-jitsu. But see, as basic as that is, I guarantee you, number one, it took, it was a long time before I fully understood that. Yeah. How many guys are coming in off of, you know, again, I haven't worked out in years or, you know, they're coming in from a different world. Yeah. You know, maybe drinking cold water while you're weightlifting, it doesn't have that much of a, a like a, a true effect to you right then and there, but drinking cold water while you're training well, it it, 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 it it has to do with the intensity of the training. So yeah. if you're if you're having a pretty intense uh, gym routine um, or an intense training session at jujitsu, which most of the time that is more intense, um, I think you're going to be more susceptible to that. Yeah, you know, it's going to have a more of a negative effect on you. Um, all of that. All of that said. Drinking cold water is better than drinking no, no water. water. Yes. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Truly get it. Because but. that's, 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 again, I think, you know, and the other thing people always ask me is, well, why don't you talk about uh, electrolytes more? 
So I was going to hit on that here yeah. in a second. I want to, I want to jump there yeah. in a minute. Um, so let's just like real quick, like a, a quick recap before we yeah. jump into that. Yeah. Um, you know, like from, from a water scenario, you know, most guys to be hydrated without like intense training, like, what do you think? And, and I know you, that changes kind of individually, but maybe around a gallon of water for the average person. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's based off of your body weight. Yeah, I know. Um, it's uh, one ounce for every kilogram of body weight. Okay. Um, you know, so you can do the math on that to see where yours should be. Um, it's all going to also be adjusted based on your exercise level. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you're doing from a physical, I, I shouldn't say exercise, physical activity, because if you're outside, it's also going to be very dependent on the on the temperature of the environment. You know, obviously, if you're in an environment that is very humid and it's hot outside, you're going to be drinking more water. You need to drink more water. So we get into, the, you know, the, the water portion of it. We can one. That's why. That's why. Let me pause for a second. Mm -hmm. That's why I go back to color and odor of your yard. That is going to be your number one indicator because because if it is hotter outside and you're getting dehydrated, if you drink a gallon of water and your your urine still is at a four or five, you need to up your water intake. Yeah. Well, and I get there like, uh, you know, again, I think mo on the average, probably most jujitsu guys have been dehydrated one time or another yeah. and are probably on a regular dehydrated, especially uh, if you're if you're in the gym a lot. Like I got a lot of guys that are in there, you know, four or five, mm -hmm. six times a week, you know, like obviously your water intake is going to have to be up more than the average person yeah. just because of the amount of clashes you're coming into play. Yep. So, you know, obviously water intake throughout the day. Um, so I'll ask you about some, uh, cause I'll see guys wanting to do pre-workout type drinks before they train again, mm. not my world. Uh, don't mm. know anything about it, but you know, I know that there's some mm. stimulants in those. Mm -hmm. um, and your heart rate's going up pretty high. So I don't know what the, the long lasting yeah. portion of that is. You know, um, pre-workouts, uh, I would say for most people, um, who are going into jujitsu, jujitsu, I would say, I, I would probably advise against it. Um, you know, there's, uh, a lot of them will have niacin in it, which is a major vasodilator, um, a lot of them have high levels of caffeine in them. Yeah. Some of them actually have a lot, a lot of sugar in them. <clears throat> uh, you know, um, in that, that combo, um, because of the elevated heart rate that goes along with that, um, just not a, you know, for this type of sport, I wouldn't do it. You know, um, I would say, you know, it, I, I would say the same thing for a wrestler. Yeah. You know, it's different if you're going in to go into the gym to lift weights because you're not, you're not doing 150 reps all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, get it. it you know, it, it's because, uh, we are constantly moving and we're constantly under stress. Um, I just don't, you know, it's not something that I would typically advise people to do. And that's why, like, I had a whole bunch of little questions yeah. I had for you that I think yeah. I, from, from a, just from an individual standpoint, watching people come over from other sports yeah. or even just from, you know, you know, we get guys that come over from weightlifting and you'll mm -hmm. see them with that, that pre-workout and I'm like, ah, you know, again, it's not my world, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I do know like, like, Hey coach, do you, nope, nope. I'm, yeah. I'm good right there now. Yeah. Um, electrolytes bcas all right uh, and i ask you about this like 
I do do electrolytes and yeah. BCAs. Um, I usually try to do them after I've worked out yep. to, to try to just not just drink water, sure. but try to get some of the yeah. vitamins back into yeah. my body. What are your thoughts on electrolytes and BCAs? You know, I, I really think it's an individual thing. Okay. Um, you know, I personally, um, I can't use them. What I find is that when I use uh, electrolytes, I actually retain a lot of fluid. Okay. Um, so I tip, my hands tend to get more swollen. Uh, my feet tend to get more swollen. Um, and I just don't feel as good. Um, and I think partly because I'm getting enough uh, salt, yeah. uh, Himalayan salt and things like that uh, through some of my foods and other sources. Um, you know, for some people, um, and especially if you're just getting into the point of where you're hydrating enough, you know, you got to be cautious of you're not flushing your system out. I see that less frequently uh, than frequent, frequently. Um, I would say people need to be more hydrated than underhydrated. Um, the electrolytes is really kind of a, I would say for most people, is a, is a personal thing. How about BCAs? Um, same thing. I mean, it, you know, it's again, everybody's chemistry is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, what, it, what I would say is, is that, um, try it and see how it makes you feel. You know, the, the, uh, I was just thinking, you know, as we were talking about this, um, a, a guy that I had talked to at the gym, he was a mature athlete like myself and he was totally de uh, underhydrated was really into working out. He was competing in, in, uh, in bodybuilding and stuff. And he and I had a conversation one day about hydration. I didn't even, I didn't think second about it because I constantly have this conversation with people. And I had the conversation from a, from an injury prevention perspective, performance enhancement perspective, et cetera. And didn't even think that anything about it. I got an email from him a year later and where he sent me an email and he said, dude, that has made such a huge impact on how I feel on a daily basis. I'm absolutely amazed. You changed my life simply by having me hydrate more, you know? So I think for most people, you know, you can try your, your electrolytes, your BAs, you can try all of that other stuff. Um, what I would say first and foremost, make sure you're getting hydrated enough and then you can try that stuff and try it. You know, if you're going to try it, try it for at least two to three weeks to see how your body responds to that. For me personally, I can't um, because what I tend to do is I tend to my the thing is, is I've been hydrating myself yeah. so for you... 20 years. I've carried a water bottle literally for 20 years. People have made fun of me for 20 years for carrying around a water bottle. But I got off of caffeine, like major caffeine. Like when I was, uh, when I was in college, um, I would, my parents got me a cappuccino maker and my wife and I lived in Sedona, Arizona, which was two hours from college. Yeah. I would get up at two o'clock in the morning and make a 44 ounce cappuccino. <laughs> and I would drink that on my way up to work out at the gym. Uh, which was, you know, open at 4 a.m. So I'd drive two hours up to up to school, work out at four o'clock in the morning. And by the time I got to PT school, I was like totally, you know, starting to come down. So what would I do? I'd go to 7-Eleven and get a 44 ounce thirst buster. And then I'd start drinking my Coke at that time. 
And uh, at some point in PT school, I came across some research related to hydration. I'm like, man, I got to change this. And I gave up, I gave up all of that yeah. and simply went to water, started carrying around a water bottle. I carry a water bottle as a self measurement of where I'm at on my hydration during the day. Awesome. I know that if I'm, if that water bottle is halfway full at, at noon, I know I gotta, I gotta keep up my pace because I need to get to the end of that by the time I get to dinner. Cause typically what I do is I get to the bottom of my water bottle by dinner. And then I have a few extra big glasses uh, at dinner. So I know I at least have gotten at least a gallon of water. So I've had to do this. Like I, I, you know, like I'm trying to find the best way to, to carry my water. Um, you know, I, I find that if I just grab a jug, um, like from the store, mm -hmm. I'm more likely to leave it somewhere yep. forget about yep. it and not want to, you know, or, or l literally just leave it there. Yep. Right. Um, so I've gone, you know, to obviously a water, a water bottle yep. um, that I keep with me. And so I, I, in my head, I'm always like, I need to drink eight of these yep. a day. Right. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm keeping track of that. And then I was like, oh man, that's way too much always to think about. Yeah. So I went and got the, the Yeti one gallon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As cool as that thing is, it's not cool. Yeah. It's so heavy because yeah. it's all metal. <laughs> I don't just feel like I'm dragging around a, a ball and chain all day. Well, you've seen my water bottle. I mean, yeah. it's in, in, you know, it's, uh, that's the other thing too is, you know, it's, it's probably, I want to say like five or six bucks. I paid for this stupid water bottle. I don't want to tell you how much I pay for my <clears throat> Yeti one yeah, gallon. But, but I, 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 you know, it, it keeps me consistent. Um, the other thing I will tell you, uh, is clean your water bottle. Oh yeah. Clean your water bottle. People don't think about that. But if you, if you, if you don't clean your water bottle, look at the rim of what you're putting your lips on every day. Yeah. No, I'm dude. I'm, <laughs> and it will make you rethink about how often you clean that water bottle. I am. I'm big on that. Yeah. Obviously gr growing up, I, I understand what happens when you leave just even water stagnant for right, too long. Right. right. Um, but I will say this, you know, I kind of want to wrap this up and then yeah. our, our second one, when we yeah. come back, uh, we're, we're going to get into IV and some of the other things. I, I want to keep the yeah. theme today yeah. about, uh, hydration, you know, uh, as we're shutting this one down, uh, just to give you guys a break, um, you know, drinking water, super important, making sure you're, you're hydrated, hydration is going to mitigate a, a whole bunch of, of factors that with us yep. just not even talking yep. about injury, but just health in general. Yep. Um, you know, drinking water is not f like for most people, drinking water is not fun. Uh, you got to hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, if you don't consistently have, and like you said, for 20 years, you carried a water bottle. Why? Well, you never, never forgot to drink water. Right. All right. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the big reasons why most people are semi, dehydrated or fully dehydrated is they don't have a water source yeah. with them. Yeah. Like whatever it may be, yeah. a Yeti, a plastic bottle, whatever it is, make it a goal and try to get that done every day. Every day. Um, you know, and it will make, it will make a huge change in your overall health. Yeah. Let alone, let alone what it does to you for jujitsu and Etc. And obviously, as a jujitsu practitioner, uh, you know, I imagine we don't have, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a individual that's not training listening to this. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you're training jujitsu guys, man. Uh, you know, our biggest goal here is to help you bridge the gap between your jujitsu training and everything that else is 
that is super necessary to keep you in your jujitsu training. Right, right. Like I, I think, you know, um, there's a lot, like you talked about it, there's a lot of disconnects, um, you know, so, uh, lots of water, drink water, yep. uh, you know, uh, make sure you're smart, you know, like I tell you guys like, man, especially, you know, during the summertime, yeah. can't mess around, man. Uh, you know, heat stroke is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple of dudes I've been there. in the wrestling room go down on, yeah. on heat strokes and they're not the same after. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, you have to think about that. You coming back fully off of a heat stroke. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some things lagging. So, um, guys, we're going to sign off. Uh, we're going to come back on our next podcast. And, and I definitely want to talk about IV bags yep. and all the other things. Doc, I appreciate you Thank stopping you, in. All right, guys, catch you later. Bye. Bang, bye.